0: Hello, and thanks for downloading the 202nd ever episode of the Failed Critics podcast. I'm Owen Hughes. In a moment, you'll also hear... Steve Norman and Andrew Brooker, who were on our 202nd episode. I'm giving you this little bit of a a preamble, a warning beforehand to say that the same quality on this week's episode isn't so great. Because we recorded a live stream broadcast through our YouTube channel that went out at 9pm on Monday. The video is still there, so if you'd prefer, you, you know, we wouldn't take offence to you just deleting this podcast episode and going to YouTube and watching that instead, where you can see our ugly mugs with our webcams on as we chat about 10 Cloverfield Lane and The Boy and High Rise, uh, which were our three main reviews this week. But otherwise, yeah, just this, this a little bit of a warning just to say... I'm aware that the same quality is not as good as it has been on previous episodes but um, thanks for downloading all the same. I hope you enjoy our chat and most of the bits that wouldn't have made sense if I'd have left them in because we were making references to things we could see, I've taken those out so don't worry it will still be a, a podcast worthy episode rather than just a Straight download of what we talked about on YouTube, but um, yeah, thanks for downloading um, and I will let Steve get on and introduce what's in the first part of the podcast. Welcome to our live episode of Fail Critics, celebrating our 202nd episode. What have we got coming up on this podcast, Steve?
1: All sorts of stuff. Wow. Such as, <laughs> oh, we'll we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about films and a bit of telly, um, and have some news and a quiz and everything. No, we've got um, we got we got a quiz which involves my review of Pudsy, the stupid bloody dog. What we've been watching, where we look at stuff we've seen the last week or so. Got some new releases uh, to review, including Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, and if any of you bother to interact with us we'll deal with that <laughs> as and when it happens
0: yeah because this as this is going out as a live broadcast on the YouTube page right next to the video is a little chat box so you can send us messages if we see them we'll respond to them any questions that you want to ask us that's fine, if you want to just chip in as we're reviewing stuff and um, I don't know call us all names or send dick pics then that's you know, not okay, perfect. but you, you you, can do it if you wanted to. So yeah, So on this episode, it's me, uh, Steve, it's our host for the podcast as always, and Andrew Brooker, you're our special guest, joining us on our 200-second Hi. episode. Hi. I'm waving. It's on the screen. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Broadcasting live to whoever is listening or watching. Oh, we've got seven people watching, so if, if you're one of those seven yeah, people alive. watching right
2: now... <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, do oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, just send us messages. It's fine.
2: And hey, you know, I was really frightened, um, Waved at all of them. What have you guys done? Insulted them. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> yeah. Steve get told them all to, to get a yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve
0: said, "All right, dickheads," in the chat. So we're onto a flyer already.
1: Yeah. I'm going to stay awake though. <laughs> You're going to stay awake.
0: Yeah, Shh, that was a secret episode. Nobody needs to know about that.
1: Oh, um, I'm borderline at the minute. You look look half-stoned. I wish I was. There'd be an excuse for it then. (laughs) But that would be wrong, um, children.
0: Well, that's interesting, though, because one of the stipulations we put on the uh, booby prize that you had to endure during the week for losing the quiz... Was watching Pudsey the dog, and you had to stay awake during it. So, did you manage to keep keep yourself awake during the whole of Pudsey the dog? Yeah, I, mean, I
1: was playing. I was playing Football Manager at the same time, so I was having a bit of a good, a good run on that. Um, <laughs> Pudsey the dog is just. If we, if we start in this podcast, if we actually if we is, is, it, is it in the flow, or have I got to do the introduction like I used? This to is to? it in the flow. Just right, go with fine, it. Fine, fine. Yeah, Pudsey the dog is a film that didn't need to be made. And it confuses me, because I don't know who it's aimed at. It doesn't look like it's aimed at kids, but it's not aimed at adults, and it's not aimed at isn't The plot is just boring, it doesn't keep anyone entertained. The dog's only trick, really, is he can stand on two legs. Right? I can't, <laughs> but
0: it, isn't that all he did,
1: and that's how he won Britain's Got Talent, just by well, yeah, standing but, on two legs. Yeah, but in that, he had that girl with him, who was, like, dancing with him and making do tricks. In this, it's literally... David Williams does the voice of the dog and tries to be funny. It's about as funny as being kicked in the face. Like <laughs> me, me being kicked in the face. Not someone else being kicked in the face. So I probably would laugh at that. But me being... It's not funny at all. And then, like, any time it does a trick, it is literally just stand on its back legs and move around a bit. What, what else is annoying, and I think I mentioned this on Twitter when I was having to endure this, or what's a bit mm-hmm. stupid about the film, is, is one Brit has got talent with that girl, Ashley, and in the film, she's just binned off. It's like, you're not good enough to be in this even though you're half of the act, you're not good enough, so then they make the dog an orphan. But everyone watching it, including kids who don't understand stuff properly, know that that dog was with this Ashley. It was her dog. So in the film, the dog's now an orphan, so in the film universe of Pudsey the dog, (laughs) Ashley has either died, or she is that bad and mistreats Pudsey that he's been taken away from her and has ended up as an orphan. How horrible is that? It's,
0: it doesn't seem very <laughs> family friendly. I'll
1: be it's honest. Tr- it's true, though, isn't it? All the kids it's have watched a Britain's film Got film Ta-
2: about a dog from Britain's Got Talent. Well, no, the <laughs> in, the, in the film the dog isn't from Britain's Got Talent. It's just a dog who can. But is it other animals? Britain's, I don't watch Britain's Got Talent. It's, it's full of massive bellends. Why would I watch? Britain's That's Britain's half that, the reason
1: for watching
2: it. With dancing fucking dogs. <laughs> they get themselves a yeah. film career.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> in, in the film, it's not the dog from Britain's Got Talent. The character of Pudsey is not from Britain's Got Talent. It's just a dog called Pudsey who can stand on its back legs and talk to other animals. But my point is, all the people who are watching this film have seen Britain's Got Talent. So they know about Ashley, who, who owns the dog but they're wondering where yeah. she is. They're like me. She's wondering where she is. And the only explanation is she's dead or the dogs run away from her because she treats her badly. And I don't think that's good. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, <laughs> it. that's the main <laughs> issue with the film, is that the treatment of the dog is bad. Would you it's, rather it was a, a biopic, or a biopic, or whatever you want to call
1: it? I just don't care? <laughs> you just don't care. I don't. <laughs> I don't care. Why would you? I mean, it's just, it sounded like a terrible film. That's why I made you watch it. There are much better films with dogs in. Can you name any? Homeward Bound. It's got two dogs in. It's a brilliant film. Yeah, right, okay. okay. Michael, Michael J. Fox voices one of the dogs in um Bound. I mean, the, yeah,
0: which isn't a fox think. either. It's just an actual dog. Yeah. Mr. trick,
1: really. Yeah. I'm trying to think of others now. Um there's probably a good lassie film. Turner and Hooch. Yeah. There's yeah one. It's probably better. <laughs> it's, um, it's just a dog and oh. underdog. Is it not a film? But well, it is a film. <laughs> I know it's a film. It's a I think it's just called A Boy and His Dog. It's about a boy and his dog, but it's the end of the world. <laughs> it's yeah. I Am Legend. And I get, yeah, I Am Legend. Good dog. <laughs> good good performance from the dog. Um so yeah. There's plenty of better films out there with dogs the artist, in it. The like artist,
0: the dog won an award for that one,
1: I think. Or, uh, watch, or watch Frasier. Or well, this Scooby-Doo. Not Scooby-Doo the two, Not the two films, they were pretty bad. Yeah, I suppose. One of them anyway, had scrappy doing that, it just negates it straight away.
0: <laughs> Shall we do the quiz? we got another quiz starting uh, this week, of course, because, you know... Steve lost. It's the new round beginning there. Um, the way this quiz is going to work, I'm going to... OK, let, no, let's start again. Steve, do you want to go first or second before I reveal what the quiz is going I'm
1: going to go first.
0: You want to go first. OK. Mm. So the way this works, Steve, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, so it might be how many cameras class? Can you name? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> how many? Let's say how many Cadbury's chocolate bars can you name? And you have to tell me how many you think you can name. If you say I can name ten, I then ask Brooker if he thinks you can or can't name ten. And if he thinks that you, if he can name more than
1: you, Brooker, you've been watching the National Lotteries Game Show, haven't you?
0: It was. I've, it's been stolen from somewhere. I don't know where, but I've they, heard they, it on the Explosive Alan podcast. Right. Okay. okay, so basically, the first question, Steve, is mm. how many different guests that have been on the podcast, including the Avengers minisodes, can you name? So that's people that have been on Veil vale Critics
1: Podcast. Is that including, so when you're saying guest, is that anyone including who's been on the podcast? So including you and me and any other regulars that we've had before. And
0: anyone who's been on the Veil vale Critics Podcast in the four years that we've been doing this. Four right. years.
1: I reckon I could get a dozen. A dozen? Mm.
2: Yeah, you Brooker. knock yourself out. I can't do 12. No. You don't think
1: you could do 12?
2: I don't you think, think you I can.
0: 12.
2: No, I do heard I can 12. do 12. But the way this works now is,
0: Steve, if you can't name 12, Booker gets the point.
1: Right, okay. So, right.
0: fire away.
1: Right, so it's me and you. Yeah, that's, that's two. two. <laughs> James, Jerry, yeah. Carol. Yeah. That's the that's the five regulars. That's five. Done it. Yeah. Right. Brooker.
0: Six. Paul, yeah. Yeah.
1: James James Mullinger. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. That's Jonathan,
1: Jonathan Softcott. Nine? Yeah. That's the that's the big hitters. <laughs> that's the big hitters. All of Wiki <laughs> Shuffle have, all of Wiki Shuffle have been on. There's three of them. There's twelve already.
0: Um yeah, you've done it. Nice. Well, Steve wins the first point. Well done, Steve.
2: Easy. Yeah, I still Drucker, couldn't have done
0: it. <laughs> it's your turn now. So what I want you to tell me is, this one's slightly harder, I think, but how many of the podcasts that were in our 2015 in-review list can you name? So that's those in the monthly lists and the additional choices. There was an article on the website. So basically, our top twelve podcasts of the year plus any others that were mentioned in that article.
2: Um, three because you reckon you could name three. I reckon I can only name three. I remember the article. I don't remember all the podcasts in it.
0: Okay, but you could have an idea, I guess, of like the, yeah. which might have snuck into the top. Top top. Steve, do you think you can beat that or are you going to let Brooker have a go on his own?
1: I'll let him have a go on his own. I don't reckon any chance on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um, go on then, Brooker. See how many you can. Was Danny Dyer's Corridor
2: of Praise one 2015? That was, that was mentioned, yeah, so that's yeah. one. Uh, my Mad Max one. Mad Max, yep, yeah, two. Um, Mad Critics
0: Fury podcast, that
2: one yeah. was called. Callum ripping into entourage must have been on there.
0: Uh, don't think that was on there, actually.
2: No. Uh,
0: this well, should be I did, timed, really.
2: I, <laughs> I didn't pay attention, really, did I? When I was reading that, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, just if you, I'll give you one more
0: guess, and if you um, don't guess, then Steve gets the point I'll, on this
2: one. Pretty much everybody annihilating Age of Ultron.
0: Age of Ultron was actually not ah, on the list. Fine. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: Oh, well. um, so
0: there you go, Steve. Two points ahead already. How do flying. you feel? I'm flying. Okay, should we have a look see if we've had any comments on the YouTube page yet? Yeah.
2: Rooker is sat next to. a... Yes, I am sat next to a giant boo. I've got yeah. a fucking 10-year-old. We two had year old. <laughs> we <heard laughs> Phil also mentioned Turner and Hooch. I was
0: a bit late reading that. Sorry, Phil. And we've got Matt, who's also involved. We're saying, what's up, bitches? Yeah, what is up, bitches? What's up <laughs> with you guys?
1: Oh, all the, all the up is bitches. <laughs> Everything is up, the bitches. How many? Nine watching. It's gone up. Got, yeah, one,
0: it's gone up. I think we had seven, and then one dropped out. They must have caught on quite quite quickly.
1: How they, won- they wondered what they were missing and came back. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, three of them are us. Yeah, that is true.
2: <laughs> so we're not as popular as we think we are.
0: Mm, perhaps not. Right, okay. Back to the quiz. Steam. Mm. Since recording our 150th episode in March last year, we've inducted four people into the Corridor of Praise. One of those happens to be Danny Dyer, of course. How many films of Danny Dyer's can you name? <coughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I reckon I could probably stretch to six six yeah. Brooker
2: yeah, that's Does, can your more. expert
0: film knowledge beat him
2: not on Danny Dyer at
0: <laughs> not on Danny Dyer
1: <laughs> ok go for it then Steve right there is um, Doghouse um, Doghouse yep. the business yeah. Football Factory. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm struggling <now. laughs> Um I could describe more of them to you, but I can't <laughs> tell you the names of them. Um, there's that one with Bob Hoskins. There's that horror film where he's in, in the woods in Hungary or something. There's that awful one it that Paul gave <laughs> me. That, um, names of Danny Dyer. From, what else has he been in? <sighs> yeah, I think i failed here. I can't, remember, I can't remember. I can't remember the names of any of them. I can remember what... Mean Machine? Is he Mean Machine? Mean Machine, yeah, yeah. 24-hour party people. Nope. 24-hour no. party people. No, what was the other one? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I give up. <laughs> give up. <laughs> Brooker, was a bit more exciting. So, Brooker's back in the game.
0: It's
2: 2-1. Kind of.
0: So, another inductee into our corridor of praise, Brooker, was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. How many films of Jean-Claude Van Damme can you name?
2: All of them. How many Van Damme films can I (laughs) name? Six. Because I want to say more, but I know I'll fuck up.
0: Oh, But Steve can steal it, though, if he can name more than six.
2: No, I can't. You
1: can't? (laughs) I don't know if I can't or don't want to, but... uh...
0: Right, okay, fair enough. So, Brooker, see if you can name six of John Claude Van Damme's movies.
2: So, do like the three Universal Soldier films count? Yes, they do. So that'll be three. Yeah. Uh, let's go AWOL, JCVD, and Kickboxer. Done.
0: Straight away. <laughs> Two walls after that. So we are on to round three now, which possibly might be the easiest question in the entire quiz. So, Steve, how many films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, can you name that were released prior to our first ever podcast? So you've got to try and think about how many you reckon there were and how many of those you could name.
1: I'm trying to think. (laughs) mm, I reckon I can name name four. Four. I think that's all there were.
0: You reckon four. Brooker, Mm. what do you reckon? Can you
2: beat him? After you. (laughs) <laughs> I can't. I can't beat that. I'm almost certain yes. that's your limit.
0: Four. Okay, then, Steve. If you can name four of them, go ahead.
1: Right. Iron Man.
0: Iron Man. yeah. Thor. Thor. Oh, yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Captain America, the First Avenger. Yep. Yeah. And. Because mm-hmm. technically, it is. I think. The Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton Hulk film.
0: That is correct. That is four of them that were released prior
1: to the podcast. I was starting to think that Iron Man 2 might be one as well, but I wasn't quite sure.
0: Playing it safe, yeah. Mm. That's fair enough. Okay, so Booker, you've probably guessed what your question's going to be. How many films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe can you name that were released after
2: our first episode? Oh, that should be easy. I, d- I don't know when your first episode was. I wasn't listening to you mm. back. then. <laughs> oh, oh that's right. Right. Oh, <laughs> fine. Oh, sorry, mate. Uh, six.
0: You reckon you can go for six, Steve? Reckon... Do you reckon you can name all of them, or more, or do you reckon Brooker can't name six?
1: I do I, I reckon he can. No, uh, I reckon I can name more than him. I reckon we can do more than six. You reckon you
0: could do more than six? Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Oh you I...
0: <laughs> Yeah, you've got to try first if you can name them.
2: Oh okay, you reckon he can do... Okay, so ah uh, fuck. So got to go backwards, didn't I? Ant-Man. Yeah. Shit, what was after <laughs> What the fuck was before Ant-Man? Oh, Age of Ultron. Mhm. But Ant-Man Age of Ultron Guardians. Yeah. Cap 2. Yeah. How many am I at now? That's four. You've got to name two more. Uh, Thor 2. Yeah. And Iron Man 3.
0: That is six, so you have named them. Steve, is there anything that you think he's missed on?
1: Yeah, it's all of them, but our first ever one podcast was Cabin in the Woods. It was our second one where we reviewed the Avengers. Avengers he's Assemble. No. Yeah. I...
0: Film the, the the remaining MCU film and was that was that the only one, the one left. That was the yeah, that was the only one. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations, Steve. You've won and are one step closer now to making me watch whatever it was that you were going to. Oh,
1: I can't you wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. Because your
0: your episode, um, your chick chick flick pick a flick episode came out, didn't it, recently? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, was it wasn't mentioned on this podcast? Can I get a clue as to what it might be?
1: Oh no, it's nothing from that. It's nothing. It's nothing. Chick a It wasn't mentioned. It might have been mentioned on that podcast. I can't remember. Um, okay. I'm not even giving you a clue.
0: Curious.
1: So I might change my mind, but I'm pretty set on this one at the moment. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not changed. you have not tried to think of a worse one since I made you. I don't, watch. I don't
1: think it can get much worse than this.
0: is the film news, Steve?
1: Netflix. They're doing another movie. <laughs> they
0: are doing another movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's got um, a big Willy style on
0: <laughs> it. Big Willy style. Yeah. yeah, convenient for our webcam edition. Um, yeah, Will Smith is going to be in a new film, which will be directed by David Ayer, uh, with a script written by Max Landis, which has cost Netflix about $90 million to acquire, apparently. That's what I've read. read on the deadline, yeah. That's a huge amount of money um, for what will basically not get into cinemas and only be shown through a streaming service. I mean, that's, they're investing a lot of money in the hopes that people who stream Netflix are going to either want to keep their subscription to watch this movie or that it will entice new people to subscribe. I mean, I'm not so sure it will have that effect. But, it's, it, yeah, as far, as far as we know, it's just going to be like a cop thriller. Uh, Brooker, you're a fan of David Ayer's, right?
2: I am, and cop thriller's pretty much his bread and butter, isn't it? So, you know, yeah. all, all of his best stuff, well, okay, apart from Fury, all you know, most of his best stuff is, you know, he does cop thrillers. He's really good at it, you he know, writes and directs really good cop films. Mm-hmm. I, I can't blame Netflix for wanting to spend that money together. I think it's probably a bit worth making. It, well, yeah, it might be. What it says in the article is that uh, it's going to be
1: costing $3 million for the script, mm-hmm. uh, $45 million to shoot, which means that about half of the mm-hmm. money will be invested in talent fees and to buy out their back ends. So that means we're going to get all Will Smith coming to Netflix. Yeah. Bad World West 2. Too. The Wiki, is Wiki, that Wiki Wild, wild, wild West. West. I mean, I'm. Um, oh and I'll I'll give you my the, point from the quiz. If you can sing the first verse of Wild Wild West, I just don't I don't know it. I think you're lying. I think you know it. <laughs> <laughs> can
0: I look up the Can I look the lyrics up to see and then do it? If if you want, I want the point because I don't want to watch whatever it is you're going to make me watch.
1: I just want to hear you sing Wild Wild West. Okay,
0: let's do it. Wild, wild, west.
2: Let me just find the mute button. No, you don't (laughs) want to mute this.
0: This is going out live. This is such a bad mistake. It's like karaoke, Uh, but
2: you don't know who's watching.
0: Wild, wild, west. Lyrics. Will Smith lyrics. Here we go.
1: Jesus, that's a long verse. Um, it's first verse or nothing. (laughs) How much of it have I got to do? All of it? The whole first verse, if you want the
0: point. Are you going to do a beat behind it? You um, can, can boombox me. A, this is, this is a cappella. <laughs> oh, God. Wiki wiki wild wild West Jim West. Just <laughs> rather, <rough laughs> no, you don't want it, None of this. Good in this. Brother running this. Buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told you. Any damsel that's in distress, be with that <laughs> dress when she needs Jim West. <laughs> rough. So go check that No, I don't buy do Watch your step. And flex, a get a hole in your side. Swallow your pride. And react. You don't want to see my hand where my hip be at. With all this from the start of this, running the game, Jim West, James West, Jamie the West, so remember the name. Who are you going to call? There you go. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Not the GBs,
1: is the oh. link. So. All right. Well, well, first... I'll take that point. Claimed. You can have that point.
2: <laughs> that is well deserved.
1: Thank you very much. Do I get a round of applause? You get a point for the quiz. I don't quite know about a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Can we just knock it on uh, the end now? I just want to apologise to everyone.
0: For my terrible rapping skills, I couldn't have come across as more white and middle class than
2: so. Such, I'm, such I'm sorry. The, the Rapping a Will Smith song. To be fair, Will Smith couldn't come off more white or middle class than he raps anyway. <laughs> That's <is> true. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I just oh, wanted well, to try,
2: well, try and yeah. my actual workmates that might be watching this because I told them to. I am very sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but the joke's on them because now I get the point so you've got if to you... get another point next week Steve right. to even
1: uh, draw level Right? okay I'll, I'll open the gauntlet to you At the end of this podcast mm-hmm. you sing all of the Men in Black theme tune <laughs> to make me watch another film you can win the quiz <laughs>
0: I'm not going to sing it all. Nobody wants to hear that. They've just heard me do. It's, is there a joke you know, in uh, Men in Black, by the way? No. There isn't. If, Nobody, if,
1: no, if they don't want to hear it, they can turn off. It depends how much you want to win the next, this round of the quiz and maybe watch something bad.
0: Oh, all right. I will think about just, it, just, but I don't think it's going to
1: happen. Just remember, though, you're trying to be a serious journalist now.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. Have thought about this it. this is,
0: is going on out on my YouTube channel. This is going out on Fail Critics, so it's okay. I can uh, stay anonymous <laughs> as much as I can. On a I, can YouTube always, I can
1: always link to this in the comments section of your YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Steve. Killing right. my career before it's begun. But if you've seen Man in Black, I won't. Mm. Anyway, there's some other news, isn't there? Yeah, but before we move on, we did have a message from
0: Phil uh, Sharman, also from WikiShuffle. He said that I'm not confident enough to ever second-guess Netflix on any financial strategy. I'm pretty sure they know exactly what I'm going to spend every penny of my money on before I even get paid through metrics or something. I think it's in jest, but I think there is a point there that Netflix, they do have a strange model anyway, don't they? Because, you know, the whole reason they make TV shows and make films is because they know through what people who already subscribe want to watch. They know what people watch lots of. And that's why they give people like uh, Adam Sandler so many film contracts and, you know, six movie deals, was it, or five movie deal. Um, And House of Cards, the first show, was basically because they knew people like political dramas and Kevin Spacey. And it's like, put the two together, and there you go. There's our hit opening TV show. And it works. So maybe they have done the maths, and they know that, People want to watch a Will Smith cop-thriller directed by David Ayer, written by Max Landis. Mm.
1: Uh, the other bit of news we had was that, I'm going to put this really badly, some guy has invented a box where you can watch cinema releases in your home. The coding. That
0: was put very badly, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Tell me new... what I
1: said that was wrong.
0: <laughs> it, well, it wasn't very... okay. Let's, okay oh, we'll uh, stop it's, the and, and it's
1: legal as well.
0: It's all legal, exactly. Yeah, it's a legal streaming service for, uh, or like a rental service, I guess. There's a new device. It's called Screening Room, which is due to be released, um, which will be a set-top box. So kind of like Apple TV or, you know, just your standard Sky or Virgin Preview, whatever, set-top box. That's going to cost about £100 over here that will allow people to watch cinema releases at home. For about thirty five pounds a pop. Which sounds like it's quite a lot of money to watch a film that's out in the cinema. But I guess it's sort of the premium they're adding because you know they know that people aren't gonna come to if you if you were gonna go and watch a, a film as a family and you might have you, your partner, and let's say two kids, right? thirty five quid for that.
2: I only You'd have one kid. Like, abducted one to bring with me. Yeah, <laughs> why not? You,
0: there was once just stood outside, uh, you know,
2: the cinema. Dragged <laughs> to to them along. Him. A kid want to watch another Saw film.
1: Exactly. It depends. Yeah. How, it depends how you consume film. Like if if yeah. you go to the cinema with a group of mates, so you had like a good telly at home, like a decent sized mm-hmm. TV, and there's a big film out, and you want everyone round to watch it, like you would if it was like pay-per-view boxing or or wrestling if you still like that kind of thing, and you got everyone around to watch that, and you said, right, if we are going to watch it, you chip in a fiver each. Well, if you did the same for the film, it doesn't really sound like <laughs> a bad deal, does it?
2: No, exactly. No, oh,
1: got a... you, you probably won't have the cinema experience of a whacking great screen and an awesome surround sound. kind of. am sitting
2: in front of you with his phone out, and people <laughs> sitting behind you, fighting into their seat and laughing at jokes they're telling themselves while the film's on. You haven't met yeah, my the
0: convenience of just being at home, haven't you
2: um,
0: but the way that it, th- this works is it's it's going to rub a lot of cinema chains up the wrong way um, and so there's been sort of a compromise because each film that you rent for thirty five pounds each will give you two free cinema tickets on top of the rental as well. I mean I don't know who's going to take up that offer if you've got the film at home. Available to rent for 48 hours. I imagine it will work in a similar way to like um, you know Google Play or something, that once you've started watching it, you then have is it 24 hours, 48 hours to finish watching it. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be, I imagine it will work in that sort of way. I'm just speculating, but yeah, so I mean, whether you would use the two free cinema tickets on the same film or whether you can use them for something else, I don't really know. It wasn't made clear in the, uh, the article online that I read Den of Geek, it was on. Um, but, you know, what, the way that they're trying to justify it is that it will kind of prevent piracy as well, as, in, the, in the sense that you have to buy a £100 set-top box on top of renting the things, rather than just having an app that you use on your iPad or, your, you, you know, your phone or your Android player or whatever, because um, it means that you can only stream it through that particular device. You can only stream it through the, the screening room set-top box. I don't know whether they're being overly cautious or not, because I don't know what the figures are for people who steal movies from, like, Google Play or iTunes or anything like that anyway. It is. but Apart from that, you don't really get new releases streamed through there either. But for me, I think it's personally quite a good thing. I'm, I would use it.
2: I think. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think, it's, as Steve says as well, you know, if you've got people who come over and want to watch it as well, it's... It's a no-brainer, really. I think £35 is not a bad bad deal.
2: Well, I mean, um, I spend close to that on my, my two unlimited cards a month. So. Yeah, exactly, you
0: know. yeah. But the difference is for the unlimited cards, of course, you watch as many as you want, whereas this would be £35 per film.
2: I would almost guarantee that if it takes off in any kind of form, that give it a year, 18 months down the line, you'll get some form of subscription service for it. Okay, it'd be fucking expensive, mm. but you'll get some kind of subscription service for it, and that I'd definitely yeah. pay for. Or you or you can eat uh, box office release movies at home for 70 quid a month. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate people. Me and all. Just
0: pay to avoid seeing them.
2: But you can't yeah. get the cinema in your pants.
1: We well, can. This is true. But just once. You, you can't go there in the pants in your pants, but you could probably quite easily take your trousers off and sit there in your <laughs> pants once the film started.
2: It does not. Yeah. I might try that. I've got another screen near Deadpool sometime this week. I'll... But I know you'll be the only one going to watch it, surely. Well, you say that. I went last week and actually the, the screen was still pretty packed. I was actually really impressed really? by how full it was.
0: Well, it was but... full when we went and that was. Uh, mm. well, Couple of weeks
2: A couple after it already come out. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Batman versus Superman is almost certainly going to kill it now. So I need, I need to oh, get in number yeah. ten in before the end of the week. Number ten. Number i I've done nine now, so it'll be number ten this week. Just
0: why? <laughs> is the only thing I can think of to ask straight away. Why not?
2: There's, there's not much better coming out. So.
0: Onto um, what we've been watching, then I guess.
1: Yeah, where we have a look at the films that we've seen in the last week or so that aren't new releases, and uh, Owen, why don't you start us off with what you've seen? Well, I
0: I don't really want to review anything specifically,
1: because... Alright, Brooker, what have you seen? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, but I have watched the first five episodes of the second season of Daredevil, and... I am enjoying it, but I don't think it's quite reached the same level of um, entertainment that the first series, first season had right from the off. I think what it's lacking is Vincent D'Onofrio at the moment. There are bits in season two that I've not quite enjoyed, particularly with a certain monologue that was just really bad. It was terrible. It went on for ages like and it was just an act off. I loved it. Really? I wanted, I wanted more. <laughs> I, I thought it went on for ages and it was just really. Uh, it was oddly sentimental to the point that it was a bit sickly. And I get that it was the whole reason that that monologue was there was to give you the uh, character's backstory in one big info dump. Uh, to get you up to speed with who they are and what they're doing, I'm really trying to avoid spoilers because I know that uh, there are still a lot of people who have yet to see most of the, f- the second season. It's only been out since Friday, and we're recording on the Monday, so it's you know it's only been out a few days. I mean, I watched all five episodes um, of the first season in one go. We just sort of sat down and thought, right, let's give this a- this just binge watch it. Let's go from the beginning. See how far we got. We got to episode five on Saturday. Sunday we weren't around. I'm definitely going back. I think it's still much better than Jessica Jones. But yeah, I just don't think it's qu- it's quite living up to the expectations or the uh, level that had been set by the first season. Yeah. But, I, so you are, you are you of the same opinion then, Brooker? Or you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I I I'll never say a bad word about. Uh, Frank Castle, or the character of Frank Castle ever, I think he's amazing, but I think you're kind of right in the fact that there's no real, there's not a bad guy, like there's not a proper bad guy, like you had Vincent D'Onofrio in season one, you know, and I, I loved him, I thought he was great, and I thought he was a great character, but he was still the bad guy. There ain't a bad guy in season two, certainly not as far as I've gotten yet, and I've now gotten to you know, we've had Frank Castle, we've had the other character turn up as well. I'm only about halfway through. Uh, yeah. I, so far, there's no real reason for anybody to be doing anything outside of... Well, now, now we've kind of gotten to the point, Frank Castle's not really a bad guy. You know, no, it, no.
0: It's like, it's <laughs> he's an anti-hero, isn't he? Yeah. And I get what they're trying to do with... Um, Okay, I tried to avoid naming the characters, but with him and Electra as well, who turns up um, quite early on in the series, the, yeah. the way that they are trying to play those characters off each other is just not quite working for me. The way that they're all trying to centre it around um, uh, uh, Charlie Cox's character of uh, uh, you know of Daredevil. It's just not really working. They haven't quite pulled it off, and I I don't think that focusing so much on the um, woman whose name I've just suddenly forgot, but I had looked this up earlier, who was in True Blood, Deborah Ann. Well, she yeah isn't really working out for me in this season either. I get they're trying to make her a bit more like independent of the 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 main two of um of Daredevil and his his mate, Foggy.
2: But, yeah.
0: I don't know, they've, they've now put this, like, romance stuff in it as well, which kind of undermines her character a little bit, I think, because if she's stopping, they're trying to go with this whole, like, strong, independent woman. And, yeah. And she, she's the person who's doing all the research, she's finding out what's what's going on um, with this mysterious Frank Castle character and all the people he's killing and what's the connection between them, what's his history, all all of that. And then at the same time, they're like, hmm, yeah, you've still got to have this romantic relationship with Murdoch, which is—I yeah. don't know—I don't like that. I'm not enjoying that particular aspect of the story. I think they tried a similar sort of thing in Age of Ultron with Scarlet Hansen and um, Hawkeye. Yeah, where they were like, "There's this. There's something going on here. You're not sure, but actually, what's happening is she's with um, Hulk in a yeah. weird kind of non-romantic." romantic relationship and that didn't work for me either, that was one of the biggest flaws in Age of Ultron because it was just so shallow I'm getting the same sort of vibe from this and that's that's kind of disappointing
2: I think it was a bit silly to put Frank Castle in it uh, as a as a good guy, as a bad guy as an anti-hero, whatever you want to call him and as much as I love his character I don't think he should be there he doesn't fit he doesn't fit into that story at all. They've he just come in there because be there they get as... to show off a new name.
0: Yeah, I mean, he should be there as long as, you know, it's him and Daredevil. By putting him, Daredevil and Electra into the same thing, plus all this gangland warfare, it just, it it's a bit, they Spider-Man 3 it a little bit. We just yeah. going right. We've got this villain, and then we've got this villain, and you've got this villain, and they're all kind of like gonna come together towards the end. But actually, you're right. They should have just done a focus on
2: two of them. <laughs> should it, Should have given Frank Castle his own TV show?
0: Yeah, th- absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, I think and he's too, he's maybe too tied him into Civil War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I'd have loved him in in no Avengers movie, yes please. That would yeah. have been good.
0: We've got Phil, Phil, who's commented again on, on the YouTube channel saying that he misses Kingpin. Yeah, that's him really. I mean, it it just it lacks a villain as complex and well-plotted, his yeah. story arc is well, as well-plotted and well-developed as someone like Kingpin. By doing enough, that though, big dump of all yes. of the history for Frank Castle, it, it, it just... It was completely the opposite to how the first season
2: worked. Interestingly enough, you you say, you know, I miss Kingpin. But You know, they never called him Kingpin in season one, did they? That's true. Yeah. Not once. Yeah, Yeah, within an episode and a half of season two, they've given Frank Castle his little moniker. You know, well, there was no need for that. Mm. If you'd have left him as just some crazy vigilante, I think it would have been a much better story. But given him... And as much as I love the Monica, giving it to him in that TV show just doesn't fit.
0: Steve, did you ever finish the first season of Daredevil?
1: I haven't yet, no. I did start watching Jessica Jones, but then stopped, didn't really go much on it. Uh, But I haven't finished Daredevil yet.
0: Is that because you've not really enjoyed them so much, or just you started and then...
1: I liked them, but didn't love them, but I kind of just... At the time, didn't have time and haven't got back into it. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing,
0: they do seem to take up a lot of time.
1: I and mean, then it's like avoiding spoilers of people telling you what's going on in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I have seen this week kind of a, and well, not quite a new release, but it was only a couple of weeks ago out. And that is, London has fallen. The sequel to Olympus has fallen, and one of the most pointless, needless sequels ever. <laughs> so, Olympus was fallen. Gerard Butler played a former bodyguard to the president who no longer allowed to do that job for a reason I can't remember, but then some <laughs> terrorists attack the White House and he's nearby for some reason, Maybe, I can't remember why, he, he's around and he goes in and he saves the President, and it wasn't that bad an action film for something with such a silly plot you know, it was fine for what it was so then they've, they've now made London Has Fallen, which is the same idea he's now back in his full time job as as a, as a bodyguard of the President, and they go to London because the Prime Minister is dead, and they go to the state funeral along with a load of other leaders from around the world. All these other leaders start getting picked off, and the American president is targeted. So, yes, um, mm. he has to help him survive and take down the terrorists. And, yeah, it's, like, it's just like the first film but set in London, really. And that's yeah. it. That's it. Any Can't really say much more. It's it's okay. I don't think you're going to you're going to be disappointed that you have watched it. Like you're not going to think oh, I've wasted however long the film was of my life. But it's not great, and it's just kind of why have you made that film? There's literally no need for it. You could have made any other film, and it would have been more worthwhile than this one in terms of a filmmaking process. But yeah, it's 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 fine. I wouldn't go and pay to watch it. Wait for it to come on video on demand or on telly or something. But it's all right, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I didn't really have any interest in watching the first one. Uh, I think I watched the first ten minutes when it was added to Netflix, and I was like, "This just seems really generic." And
1: oh, it is. It's very <laughs> generic. It's very by the books. It's very predictable. But it's a for an action film that kills an hour and a half or so of your life. It, it's fine. And it's what the second one. It's not quite as. Fine, but you know, less fine, but still fine. um But I don't right, know they mixed your idea, though, didn't they? That was some, that was your main. Topic. They nicked, they've nicked, idea, they've like nicked my idea for Die Hard Six. Yeah, which <laughs> um, is really annoying because because Hol- they also did the other version of this with Jamie Fox, I think, as the president. Yeah, and uh, oh, White yeah, House think. White House Down. Um. But really, both of those should have been Die Hard 6, with John McClane saving the day at the White House. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, Brooker, what have you seen?
2: Because I've been doing a bit of uh, advanced research for a pick-a-flick episode I'm on. I uh, I sat and watched the, the Nolan Batman trilogy, and the latest Superman movie, the Man of Steel movie. Uh, yeah... No, I like the Nolan Batman films. They're really good, actually. I really enjoy the Nolan Batman films, but the more I watch it, the more I want to pick holes in it. And some of the bits in all of them are just terrible. The fighting gives me a headache watching it. it, Batman looks like he's been wrapped up in uh, brown tape and just can't move, (laughs) so he has to swing his entire body to punch somebody. And I kind of... I was happy to forgive it that until I saw the latest uh bats vs. supe's trailer where it actually looks like ben affleck is fighting like really mm. well oh fucking hell you know the, and then you kind of remember that you know the bat suit in these batman movies is, is based on what's supposed to be a combat exo suit for soldiers brilliant so let's let's give them their their little combat suit to save their lives and stop them from punching things properly well done uh <laughs> But now they're all right, and uh, you know, I think the more I watch them, the only one that's still worth screaming about is The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. But the, the you know, number one and number three, the more I watch them, they, they're not as good as I thought they were.
0: Oh, really? That's interesting. Well, I mean, we've had this conversation before, haven't we, Steve? About Batman Begins and The Dark Knight mm-hmm. and Dark Knight Rises. I think I, I think they're all actually pretty good. I know Dark Knight Rises gets a lot of stick, but I think it's a good finale. I'm not the
2: second they shit not at all and you know mm. me and my love of Tom Hardy you know it's it doesn't yeah. go anywhere <laughs> when I'm watching Dark Knight Rises I think he's fucking great I that and all three films are a lot of fun to watch and I really enjoy them I just diminishing returns the more I watch especially number one which is a fantastic film but the more I watch them, I'm, I'm not sure I, I care that much now Man of Steel is oh yes right. fucking hell and I do. The more I watch it, the more I'm happy to forgive it its flaws. But fucking hell, it's such a crap film.
0: I really like it. I genuinely think it's a good film. It's it's, it's not right. even just like okay for uh, you know a Superman film or a comic book movie. I think it's a good film. I think there's a lot of style to it. I think the bits with um Clark Kent. Yes, yeah. Rifter guy are done really well. It's a really like the the way that the story's put together to give you his history to show you who he is. I like. Yeah. That. I think it's done very well, and I think people. From, I mean, I don't know how it was for you watching the final third, but
2: yes, yeah, so it is the final third of that film when it goes all death by dubstep. I I can't do it. It it just wound me up, even when I knew what was coming when it essentially turns into a fucking apocalypse movie, mm. you know, we had, it's like someone took the scenes from asteroids hitting in Armageddon and just put them at the end <laughs> of Superman. It's fucking terrible, that last third. It's
0: and, a big crashy-bangy
2: finale. You know, and I love silly action films. I love, you know, explosions and all my shit. I, brilliant, but it just didn't fit. And... The first, this time I watched it. I actually, I don't know why they done this, but at the beginning when he saves the oil rig full of people, I'm I'm desperate for somebody to explain to me how and why he ended up on that oil rig topless. <laughs> There's no need for it outside of showing off abs to the men he's rescuing. Yeah. I, <laughs> but no, it's just because it's Henry
0: Cavill, isn't it?
2: I know, and he put, he put all that effort into making himself look good and beefing himself up. They needed to show it off, but it just, when I saw it, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but, yeah, the final third, awful, when it goes, execution by Skrillex. It didn't interest me at all, and it just wound me up. I'm going into Bats vs. Soup's open-minded. I'm yeah. really hoping it's going to be good. My history with Zack Snyder films is not good. Uh No, I don't like Zack Snyder films. I think he makes really great, stylish films. I think he's a great cinematographer. I think he he makes gorgeous movies. He just doesn't necessarily make good ones.
0: (laughs) Well... (laughs) I... I, This is really, like... I think he will be... um, I know you and me have had this conversation before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. (laughs) Um, But I think he'll... like his body of work will be reevaluated in years to come, and I think yeah. that people will see that some of his stuff is actually quite um, great i mean i the first time I saw three hundred I thought it was just a load of macho it was okay as a a silly sort of style over substance film um but I wasn't that taken with it and then I watched it again. when did I watch it last a few years ago? Probably. Sort of 2013, 2014. I was like, actually, it is style over substance, but the style is just tremendous. The oh, way yeah, that it, makes,
2: it all yes, works really well. Or just really stylish films. You know, Sucker Punch is a perfect example. Sucker Punch isn't. Oh, absolute... well, Sucker Punch. Is, yeah, that's the. But it is. <laughs> this is my point. It's a beautiful film, though. It's you know the the filming in it, the the imagery in it. It's all. Gorgeous, but the film is a giant bag of cold jizz. Yeah, a
0: giant (laughs) bag of cold jizz is is a good way to describe it and the people that it seems to be aimed at as well. Absolutely. Um,
2: But it does have an amazing soundtrack, a fucking great soundtrack. And look, I don't think Man of Steel is anywhere close to as bad as Sucker Punch. You know, Man of Steel, for the first hour and 45 minutes, is a very good film. Mm-hmm. And then falls apart for me towards the end. But, you know, not unwatchable. You know, I own the thing on Blu ray. I've watched it four or five times. It's, you know, it's not that shit a film.
1: Time now to move away from what we've been watching, going to new releases, where there's three films for us to review, which is The Boy, High Rise, and Ten Cloverfield Lane. As we've all seen Ten Cloverfield Lane. We'll leave that one to last. Owen, why don't you start us off by telling us about horror film The Boy?
0: Well, what's to say about it, really?
1: You tell us. You've seen it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Okay. So, um, The Boy is a, by the numbers, I would describe it as a safe-for-work horror film. It's about an American nanny who is uh, played by Lauren Cohen. Who travels to this English country house, she's going to be the nanny there and look after this uh, this elderly couple's young son. What happens is it's not actually a living boy. It is in fact a life size porcelain doll. And so ooh aren't dolls creepy. That's it, that's the whole film. Oh dolls are a bit weird looking, aren't they? That's it. That's the film. Uh, Boom! There's another bit of the film. That's that's all you get out of it, really. It is just absolutely terrible. It's really a boring film. It's just utterly stupid. The only thing that redeems it is that it commits to a twist that is ludicrous and comes out of nowhere um, and probably redeems the 15 minutes by just being so gung-ho. With this idea that it's had. A terrible idea. It doesn't work in the slightest. But they basically just go, uh, well, we can't just have a sort of possessed porcelain doll because that's been done a million times, whether we think of like the um, Insidious films and the spin offs from The Conjuring or going back to Child's Play or whatever they, you know, it's been done a million times before. So this has something slightly different in the final 15 minutes but again it's just it just doesn't work it's it's tedious it's just so dull and lifeless there are no scares in it most of the stuff that happens with the doll right that stuff happens in a room where most of the characters are not so the idea is it's the stuff you can't see that's scary but that's not true it isn't true you know, hearing noise in another room for another character, who cares? It's not It's not scary. I didn't really hear many people in my cinema screen jump at the jump scares, and there are. they do put the jump scares in there. But again, it is literally just like, boom. You know, who gets scared? That's not atmosphere built in. Um, it might make you sort of go, whoa, uh, you see it a little bit. But, you know, it's just boring. It's just, uh, as Paul... Describes these sorts of horror films on on our podcast. It's a made by accountants horror film. It's guaranteed to pull an audience. It's guaranteed to have people spending money to go to the cinema to rent it or to watch it on Netflix or Amazon when it comes out for for streaming. Um, but it's just generic and it's well to excuse, excuse the pun. It's lifeless. There's there's no. Nothing new to be said with that film. It's If you want to see a good horror film that's in the cinema at the moment, The Boy should be the bottom of the list. There is are plenty of others you need to spend your money. Oh, well, I didn't see The Forest because you warned me off it. No,
2: no yeah. don't watch The Forest. <laughs> uh,
0: <so laughs> maybe, Booker, though, Brooker, maybe you should go and see The Boy to compare them and then you can tell everyone which be, is worse.
2: Those kind of Porcelain doll things creep the shit out of me anyway.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: So I will probably crap my pants several times watching it, but yeah, I just... Every time I see the trailer, the idea of horror film starring a Thunderbird just didn't appeal to me at all. Mm. Anyway, Brooker, you've seen High Rise. Tell us all about that one. I have seen High Rise. Uh, High Rise is Ben Wheatley's latest little film, and I mean, anybody that's seen any of Ben Wheatley stuff knows the dude makes just really bizarre, weird little films. they literally like, they split audiences down the middle. People don't kind of go, yeah, it's alright, they either really like his films or really hate them. You know, every, or, you know, half the people you talk to will roll their eyes and say they fucking hated A Field in England, and I will tell you, I thought it was great and I loved it.
0: I loved A Field in England as well. Yeah, really I thought it was, was amazing, it was but,
2: you know, at the exact same time I was watching it, the wife was watching it going, what the fuck is this? This is bollocks. You know?
1: for the sake of weird, pretentious bollocks it was. I'm okay with that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, yeah, so High Rise is his latest one, so it stars Tom Hiddleston as a guy that moves in to the 25th floor of this ultra-modern High Rise building, where it's basically his own little kind of isolated society, where... The guys with the most money and and the guy that built the the high rise live right at the top, and they mm. they literally they act like the aristocracy of this little this little society, and down the bottom towards the lower floors is where you get the dregs and the uh you know what will they be? They would be you know the the benefit scroungers, scallies. And, yeah, <laughs> and so kind of Tom Hiddleston's kind of found this point like right in the middle between the two he's literally he's the middle class of this this film and mm. you know the everything around him because they're so isolated everything kind of descends into anarchy inside this little tower block where everybody just starts to lose their minds and you have this like this civil class war going on you know and the whole thing plays out like you know, like a class riot, but inside a block of flats. It's really, really weird, and it's just, it's bizarre. It's, I've never, I never thought I'd see something like that. I've never read the book. I no. i had no idea it was based on a book. But it's kind of set, it looks like, it looks, and it feels a lot like, actually, A Clockwork Orange. Like so When you watch A, oh, a Clockwork yeah. Orange, so... That's unusual. Sure. Well, when you, you've seen A Clockwork Orange, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you watch *A Clockwork Orange*, it's kind of it's a film made in the seventies, but is a seventies idea of what the future is going to look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a bit like you know watching *Star Trek* is you know a sixties and seventies idea of what whatever it is in the future is going to be. But this yeah. what's really weird about this, and I, I'm I'm guessing what Ben Wheatley's done is kind of stick to the book and the time that the book was written, which I believe was the mid-70s. It's set in the mid-70s but they're living in a 70s idea of what the future would be. So they're literally living inside A Clockwork Orange just without the white suits and polar hats. Okay. It's, right. uh,
0: That's inter- I mean, I didn't assume it was a film like that at all. Um, well, this
2: is one of the, the things. Thing. But every advert I've watched for it tells you less than nothing about the film you're about to watch. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that this this film has been made with the entire point of the adverts going. This film is made by Ben Wheatley. Do you know who Ben Wheatley is? Do you like Ben Wheatley films? You will like this one. You know, because mm. the damn it doesn't tell you anything about the film in the adverts. In the the synopsis doesn't tell you anything on IMDb. It's literally, you go in blank. You've got no choice but to go in blank. And it turns out you're actually watching Ben Wheatley's idea of Snowpiercer bit in a block of flats. Oh,
0: right. Because that just makes me want to watch it even more. Um, It's
2: amazing. It's only a couple of hours. You know, it's not overly long. But it's absolutely brilliant. It When it started and when I realised what I was watching, I was like, I'm not sure about this. But by the time I got to the end, I was like, this is... Fantastic. Yeah, this is a, actually a really good film. And I I can I can't say too much without ruining what yeah. you're gonna watch. And and to be honest, actually when I I wrote the review for it, I I was I didn't know what to write. Because everything you write about this just will spoil what you're about to walk into. I really would recommend it if you like Ben Wheatley films. If you don't like Ben Wheatley films, you're not likely to like it very much, but you know, I mean I loved Kill List and Field in England and Sightseers, so he, I went in quite excited and yeah, I think he delivered. I think it's a great film. Go and watch it.
1: Okay, on to our, our main review now, and that is Ten Cloverfield Lane, uh starring John Goodman and is it Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Or is That's it, it the it. Way around? That's, That's it, I've got the name right. Done. Um, <laughs> yes, uh and it is about a girl who gets um, involved in a car crash, and he, he's rescued Nat by John Goodman's character, Howard. Um,
0: yeah, she's basically pulled out of the wreckage of the car
1: hmm. um, from
0: the side of the road. He drags her to his little concrete room where he chains her to the wall, and then he tells her that the end of the world has happened. But yeah. outside, there is a poisonous fog do not go outside or you will be turned inside out by this, this horrible radioactive fog. Um, the world's been destroyed by an unknown force, probably not even of human origin.
1: He, he suggests so it he could be influences. anything from from the Vrusskis to the Martians.
0: Yeah, that's his excuse, yeah. Which is a great premise, isn't it? That's is just hmm. a fantastic idea for a uh, little indie sci-fi. And, you,
1: and you're never quite sure really, if he's telling the truth or not. Which,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, it all hinges on what you think is happening to um to the characters in there. Whether he's just a bit of a wacko, whether he's gone a bit fritzily and just lied to keep them in his his little uh, fallout shelter, or whether it really is the end of the world. You don't know. And he, no. It's about who you trust. And John Goodman is just great, isn't he?
1: Oh, he's terrifying! He's fantastic he? in this. Yeah, just just intimidating and and weird and kind of dark and nasty, and you just can't think. But you can also see why why some people why believe him as well in that situation, just because he's so prepared, and he's got everything, and everything's fine, everything's sorted. And you just think, well, he might have a point here.
2: Mm-hmm. The poor bus has clearly lived on a steady diet of Fox News and Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> That's I think that is part of the the point. Because we had Callum on last week. You Steve, you and you and Callum last week were talking about Cloverfield.
1: Yes. And, the uh, um modern cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> that was <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You realise the webcam Callum could see your expression when you said that then. The roll of the eyes. It's
1: fine. He's entitled to his opinion. He's entitled to his opinion, and Callum knows far more about film than I do. Uh, I think quite agree with him on that point. Although I do think Cloverfield is a very good film.
0: Yeah, you enjoyed it a lot more than I did as well. And I I rewatched it after the podcast after Mm. you and he talked about it, and it was better on this most recent watch because previously I've not thought too much of. Cloverfield, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's really a modern masterpiece.
2: It's definitely better second time round. It was my second watch. It was kind of now Ooh. I knew what I was expecting to watch, and
1: it's yeah. it's a bit different with regards to found footage films. It's on quite a big scale. Most found footage films are kind of on a in terms of area uh, locality. It's quite compact.
2: Well, yeah, you don't, you the don't get many found footage films set as the Brooklyn Bridge falls apart. No. Yeah,
0: that's true. Although um, well, head of and the, and the they always, they, just flies through town.
1: Yeah. And they always talked about doing a sequel from, from when Chloe filled out, and whether it was, if you remember when they're crossing the bridge before it collapses, um, they spot another guy filming um, on a handheld camera, and briefly the two people filming, like, film themselves for a bit like, oh, hell, someone else is doing this as well. Or whether they went, like, from the military point of view, um, of what, how they were dealing with it, or whether they just went for a completely other random set of people, like with a handheld camera filming what was going on. But they, they spoke about doing a sequel forever since the first one came out. Um, and this is what they came up with. And the the bit that ties it to Cloverfield is the only bit of the film that I've got a problem with, really. Well, not a problem. I'm, I'm unsure on it still. I don't know whether it works or not. The rest yeah. of the film, I mean, without, without giving away spoilers, the majority of the film was fantastic. Great central performances from, from John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Really good, really convincing. Really good storyline, really well acted. The set of The Bunker just looked brilliant as well. It looked, <clears throat> it, it just looked fantastic. It kind of looked like this really well put together bunker. Like everything was there. You had a fully working kitchen, TV, all that kind of stuff, all these different but It just looked like... It looked like one from perhaps an older era as well. It didn't look like a modern one. It just looked a really good setting, but it's just sort of, without giving too much away, the bit of the film that ties it to Cloverfield, which I just thought, is this, is this a bit silly? Compared to what you've seen in the film? <laughs> you get the feeling that
2: they had the idea for the, rest, the main bulk of the film. Well, they did apparently. The
1: that's how they, That's how they did it. They had the idea for this film, which was a film about someone or some people yeah. trapped underground in a bunker and then J.J. Abraham saw the script and thought we can tie this into Cloverfield and
0: yeah it was it's his bad robot production company isn't it that took it
1: yeah. off yeah.
0: which is I mean I think it's okay I don't think it's quite as badly connected it's very thematically connected in the term in at least in the sense of um, what they're about really which is just survival and there's a big invasion and you don't know who's behind it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I thought it was really good. I really did think it was good. There were a few bones I had to pick with the ending. So what do, without giving away spoilers, what did you guys think of the, uh, the, the big showdown towards the end?
2: Sequel baiting.
1: You reckon? Yeah. I'm still unsure on it. I still can't make my mind up whether I liked it. I thought it was good or not. It's definitely a twist. And it's definitely a it's changing direction for the film, even though it is only over the last 10, maybe 15 minutes. But
2: yeah. This is, it's fun I to get, that it thing, it though, isn't it?
0: It's... Most, like J.J. Abrams, doesn't it? That final, well, final third of the movie, really, is the bit that makes you realise who's the producer behind this.
2: Mm. But did, yeah. did anybody else think, when the after the accident and when you first appear in the bunker, that I sat down I watched it and went, this is like, it looks like an early Saw film. Like, that kind of tense, oh, shit, she's in a room, and, you know, fucking hell, you know, what is going to happen here? Because, again, you know, with the trailer, you didn't see much. And actually, you know, when you get to actually see the film, almost everything that you see in the trailer happens in, like, the first five minutes. But, like, literally, you've you've got no idea. By the time you get to, like, five, ten minutes in, and you realise... Shit! I saw the trailer, and I've seen now everything in the trailer, and I've got an hour and forty minutes still to go. Mm-hmm. You've got no idea what's to come, and I think that's no. genius. Yeah. No, this
1: trailer doesn't really give much away. It's, it's, it was marketed really well because we didn't know anything about it until a couple of months ago. Now all of a sudden, this is happening. So, yeah, I would recommend anyone the to go and watch it. The... I don't often, I don't often walk out of a cinema enjoying a film as much as that.
0: Yeah, you said that on Twitter after you went, you after you came back from the cinema, didn't you? Yeah, um, I think it's certainly worth checking out for anybody who likes these um, slightly lower budget sci-fi movies. I think it still had like think, thirty million budget or something, didn't it?
1: Well, I think even if you hated Cloverfield, you could go and watch this, and you'd and you'd like every minute of it by the last ten fifteen minutes.
0: The main thing that it does differently to the um, the original Cloverfield from two thousand eight is it's dropped the found footage angle completely. Mm. So, regardless of the fact that this is set almost entirely within like a little bunker, an underground Mm. bunker, it's also all shot as normal. You know, there's no reliance on someone having to constantly film everything that's going on. You know, which in some ways is a little bit of a shame because it means that one of the things that made Cloverfield stand out, as Steve pointed out earlier, is all the things that they could do within the the, the scope of a, a found footage film. They did something new and different and bigger than what had been before. This time it's gone, and they're just relying really on having a strong script and good performances. And I think luckily it has both of those to keep it going.
2: Yeah, I, um, I don't think you could do found footage in that little claustrophobic space. There's no. You couldn't explain it. You couldn't explain why there was somebody in there filming, you know. And especially once you get, you know, half hour, forty five minutes in, and you know, there's no way you, there is an explanation for all of that. And it, and it, I think it's the the thing with Cloverfield, thing with Cloverfield and its its found footages. It kind of it gives you a uh, a feeling of how much time is passing. Mm. And I think the entire mm. point of doing it not found footages, you've got no idea how much time has passed in this this little claustrophobic bunker. I think actually yeah. it worked quite well doing that.
0: So overall then, I reckon all three of us quite liked it.
2: Excellent
1: yeah.
2: film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so nearly the end of
1: this live broadcast of failed critics. A couple of things though. Uh, recommendations for the week ahead. I'm going to say... Uh, get yourselves over to uh, Channel 5 on Friday night at 9 o'clock, because Air Force One is on.
0: Air Force One.
1: <laughs> it's a fit. I always go for something for te- from telly to be a try and be different. Some weeks it's yeah. really thin. This week is one of those weeks, but I thought Air Force One, why not? Um, there it really doesn't
0: seem to be many great films on TV lately, does there?
1: No, which Channel Four would occasionally goodness. have a have a ter- um, what was it a terrestrial TV premiere or mm. or a Disney film on a Sunday late afternoon, which which is fine. But yeah, TV itself doesn't tend to be too good. So you always wait for Christmas to to put out some premieres. Yeah, usually. Oh, mm. uh, what have you? What are you watching? What are you recommending us to watch?
0: I am recommending a series that I watched on um Netflix. It's not new and it's not been recently added, but I have recently watched it. It's uh actually an anime series called Death Note. Have you guys heard of Death Note before? It was no. quite famous. I think it was released in two thousand and six or two thousand eight
2: and um well, certainly if it's anime, I would have looked at it and gone nope and then forgotten no. about it completely.
0: It. <laughs> it's it's it actually got quite an interesting premise. I haven't really watched much anime since I was about 14. Um, <laughs> but there were a couple, because they're just constantly added to Netflix all the time. We watched Attack on Titan last year, which I wasn't really keen on. And Death Note is about this guy who discovers a notebook, and if he writes the name of somebody in the notebook, they die within 40 seconds. And so it plays out a little bit like um, he's got an Oedipus complex. He's uh, Sorry, he's, he's very... Um, he thinks of himself as a god of a new world, and he's going to kill everybody that commits crimes. And then it becomes this like detective thriller, where he's being chased by a detective, and he's also the guy committing the crimes, and his dad works on the police force and stuff. So it's, it's actually quite good. It's, it reminded me a lot of Dexter.
2: But with Big Eyes...
0: Good. The yeah, the uh, the serial killer guy who also works in forensics. Yeah. Um, because it's about him committing these crimes, working with the police and trying to evade being caught all the time. But with a really supernatural element to it. It has a little bit of a lag in the middle. There's about 37 episodes and they're about 20 minutes each. But we finished watching it quite recently. I'd recommend giving it a go. It's certainly one of the better anime series I've watched since... I can remember really. It's really
2: good. Okay, and um, Brooklyn, what have you seen? Uh, what have I seen, or what am I recommending? Or what are you recommending? <laughs> I'm uh, guessing you've seen it. If you're going to recommend it, well, I've seen it. Yeah, several times. Uh, film four on Thursday night at five past eleven is Man on Fire, which is just an amazing little revenge movie. I, okay. I can't recommend it enough. Okay. Well, that is now almost it for this week's
1: Fair Critics Podcast, our live broadcast, 202 episodes down. Uh, thank you for everyone who's listened to at least one of these 202 episodes and a special thank you to all of you who've listened to all 202. Me and Owen... And uh, yes, thanks to, to
0: everyone who joined in as well with the comments yes. that we had through Twitter or actually on the YouTube channel. It was great. It was good to um, know people were actually paying attention.
1: Yeah, um, and I hope to do another 202 episodes for your listening pleasure.
0: Yeah, possibly not all of those live
1: streamed. No, mm. um, but certainly all uh, for your ears. <laughs>
0: all for your ears, that's mm. our guarantee.
1: Yes, um, if you don't know where the website is, it's com. We're on Twitter as well, so find us there. Um, and join us same time next week for Owen
0: uh, Batman vs Superman next week Batman the biggie
1: Superman. so mm-hmm. look forward to that and to play us out Owen are you going to do it or are you going to stay at 1-0 I don't think I can do it
0: if no one's going <laughs> to join in and help then <laughs> <laughs> Not
1: happen. you could have won the quiz already it's oh well last... I like the challenge I like the challenge it's your stuff. last chance it's your last chance <laughs> No? no, okay. Good night everyone. Goodbye, good night. <laughs> See you next time.
0: The Failed Critics podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Failed Critics. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.